from the first pages of the Bible and so deeply part of our Catholic understanding of who we are is the knowledge that I'm created in the image and likeness of God. And perhaps as wonderful as our bodies are, and as sacred as we're taught our bodies are, perhaps what's more close to God is that gift of life, that gift of my soul, my consciousness of who I am. And it's so important, I think, for us to open our minds to a deeper understanding and experience of the gift of who I am. And I think our world today is groaning for that gift. Because deep, I think, deep in our hearts, there is, and maybe it's not the right word to use at all in this day and age, a dirtiness or a, or a blockage, perhaps is a better word to use. Something that's covering up or stopping us from really being in touch with who I really am and who I can be. <clears throat> and I'm so grateful to the Lord Jesus who has begun that work of washing my soul. And from the very beginning of his ministry, it was not a coincidence that he himself was washed. Now, he didn't need to be washed spiritually, but he took that opportunity in his humbleness before John the Baptist. And he allowed himself again to be immersed in the love of the Lord and to come out and to hear those most important words. And it's really hard to understand the rest of Jesus' life and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit if I miss the very start of Jesus' adult public life, his baptism. We're told that it's a mystery of life in the rosary. That in some way God shone on that day, that he shone for all eternity. And the words that God spoke that day are words that echo down through eternity. And words that would deeply touch our lives too. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And he hear that again before he goes to Jerusalem to face his suffering, his passion, on the Mount of Transfiguration, another mystery of life. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Because he'll open your ears to words that lead you to eternal life. 
He will draw you into that experience of hearing those words into your own soul. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. That was deeply part of Jesus' identity. That he was loved by the creator of the universe. And that nothing would take that from him. Not even the power of hell. The power of evil and the power of death. Which is perhaps for us as human beings the greatest fear. The greatest we might say in an unchristian way, the greatest evil. But for us who are believers in the Lord Jesus, who are open to hearing that word, that it's part of our journey to life. Death for us is a gateway, a doorway into something more than we could ask for or imagine. And today as we celebrate the gift of fatherhood, we cry out to God. We cry out to God for healing. Because at times fatherhood has imperfections. At times fatherhood can be incredibly Damaging. And this would not be the heart of God the Father. And tonight I believe that the Lord would speak to us deeply. <coughs> the Lord Jesus would say, look to the heart of my Father. You can see its traces in fatherhood on earth, in human fatherhood, at times. But you can also see a broken image. I'm the youngest of five. My dad was 46 when I was born. Just a year older than I am now. My mum was 43. There's still a chance, ladies. <laughs> 43! Maybe I wasn't expected. But I was certainly loved. But initially in a way that I didn't realise. Dad would work six days a week. He'd work so hard. He was a tough old fella. Born in 1926. He would have been uh, 92 this year. Well, he's 92 in heaven anyway. He cared for our family. For his whole life, he came to Australia to give our family a new chance. And it broke his heart when he couldn't bring his wife with him. Because she was pregnant and he didn't have the money that they were asking. 
Who is Hagar to tell his corruption? They saw that she was pregnant and they wouldn't let her on the boat to come to Australia. And he didn't have the money to pay under the table what was required. She had to go home and have my big brother. And Dad had to take the ticket that was paid for to come to Australia. My mum came a year after, just with my little two or three month old brother. And the ache that I know that was in my father's heart, that he had a son that he couldn't see, he couldn't hold, he couldn't touch, he couldn't care for. And the rejoicing that came when they were finally united. When I was 15, oh, gee, I rebelled against my, especially my dad. He was tough. He was old too. He wasn't like my Aussie mates who, whose dads were young and played football with them. They were handsome. My dad had been in the sun so long he looked like a prune. <laughs> All wrinkly. And it was so funny with my dad. He very rarely, he'd never take off his white singlet. I don't know if you've seen a white singlet before. Some old people still wear them. <laughs> and then my dad was sort of dark skin. But he'd take off his singlet and there would still be a white singlet there. <laughs> Because he'd only wear his singlet in the sunshine. And we always used to laugh. Laugh at Dad with his white singlet still on that he could never take off. But I did rebel against him. I didn't feel his love. I didn't recognise what he was doing to care for our family. I wanted him to be different. He was tough, and I wanted him to be gentle. He would swear, I thought he was swearing at me. And I wanted him to give words of affirmation. I knew he loved me. We had a beautiful Italian tradition that before you go to bed at night or when you get up in the morning, you kiss your parents on the cheek. And that's perhaps the lasting impression of my youth, cheek to cheek with my father. And I can still feel it sometimes, even when I'm praying. I can still feel the touch of my father on my cheek. I can still smell the wrapper on his face. Red wine. <laughs> But I did rebel in my teenagers, in our teenage life. When I left home and when I had my experience of God and the love of God so deeply in my life and uh, the healing that took place when I heard those words, you are my beloved son. When I first heard those in a church and, and, and the, the priest, it was a charismatic Catholic mass, and the priest was saying, if, if you've never stood up for God in your life, and if you've never been able to say, I'm for Jesus, and I love him, 
come up the front. And I was halfway down the back, and it was a big church. And, uh, but I, I knew I had to. And as I walked up as an 18-year-old in that church, beautiful church in Brunswick, in, uh, in Melbourne, suburban Melbourne, the tears began to flow. Remember, we had a, a similar gold cross to this one, crucifix. And, uh, and we just looked upon the crucifix, those however dozen or however many of us who were there. And all I could, I could still remember, I couldn't see it clearly because of the tears that were coming out of my eyes. The deep healing that was happening in my heart because I knew that Jesus had brought me to the love of the one who created me. And when I joined the MGLs, it didn't take long for my own brokenness to appear. And Father Ken said, you're joining a school of love. This is how you learn how to love. If you want to be an MGL, you have to enter the school of love. And he said to us, you've got to find where the Lord wants to love you. And that was with my dad, I knew it from the beginning. There was a depth of knowledge that I had that there's something not right in your own relationship. I rejected you. And I still haven't really reconciled. And uh, we'd, mum, mum would bring up in that first year that I was in the NGLs, and uh, we had a, I had a talk to mum, and she'd go on a bit. And then she'd put dad on. <laughs> and dad'd say, There you go. And, uh, and that was it. It was like 30 seconds with Dad Max. But I felt God say to me, you've got to say I love you to your dad. You've got to say I love you. And you know what? That will heal his heart. That will heal his heart. So I, I tried the next time. Mom, I got the, the, the 15 minutes with Mum, and then I got uh, the 30 seconds with Dad, and then I said, at the end of the conversation, I love you, Dad. I love you, Papa, is what we said. I love you, Papa. And then there was nothing on the end of the line. There was silence, and then, uh, okay, see ya. <laughs> the next time, I said, I love you, Dad. And he said, yeah, me <laughs> And then a few more times, I kept saying, I love you, Papa. And he said, I love you too. And I felt, I almost cried at that very moment. There was like something... A veil was turned, a blockage was undone, something was clean. And it just drew me into the love of the Father in heaven. And the next time I said, right, God, let's, let's, let's push this a bit further. I'm not going to say anything at the end of the conversation. And I took that risk, we had a chat, huh? 20 minutes with mum, 30 seconds with dad, and then I didn't say anything, oh yeah, I'm okay, yeah, good. Yeah, well, I better go down, dad. I love you, son, 
I got it. I got it. I love you too. And, and there was a victory. And that probably took a year as part of my journey of healing and purification in the school of love, of the missionaries of God's love. But it taught me so much of that depth of relationship with our own parents. And I'm still going through it now with my dad in heaven. When I'm before the Lord in prayer, I remember things. Things that I want to say sorry for. Things that I want to say, you know, Dad, you were wrong. <laughs> and you hurt me that day. And I want to be healed and set free. And I know that the Lord can do that. And my experience, especially in the Dondale Youth Detention Centre in Darwin, the broken life of children as young as 10 years old. You know, I often speak with, with them and talk about, oh, who's at home? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody cares about me anyway. Where's your dad? Oh, he's an F and C. And that's just the start of the, <laughs> the description that some people can have of their dad. And for me, that, that just cuts me so deeply. That I know my relationship with my dad wasn't awesome, but it was blessed. And now it's even more blessed through my relationship with the Lord Jesus and my relationship with God the Father. So tonight the Lord would want to open up that gift of fatherhood. You know, I, I feel it when I go into our school, our beautiful St. Benedict's Primary School. There's a, a number of kids all over Australia. They call Australia, they have for a while now, the fatherless nation. Sometimes Dad's not there. Sometimes he's there, but he's not there for that love like with me. And there's a desire in the heart of God. A fountain coming out from heaven that wants to wash away the pain, the sadness, the hurt, the damage at times, and to shine again the light of fatherhood. 